so if you come with me, uh, the text we're going to be focused on this morning is uh, Genesis chapter 16. And Genesis chapter 16 is a narrative. Uh, it's about interaction between Sarah, the wife of Abram at this point, and Hagar, who is uh, a slave that belongs to the property of Abram and Sarah. So we'll eventually get there at some point. But uh, let's pray together, and then we'll take a look at what the Lord would say to us today. Father, we thank you so much for drawing our hearts uh, and our minds to you in worship this morning. And we pray, Lord, that uh, you would speak to us this morning and help us sort a few things out, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. As the church, uh, we've been reflecting on what has been happening at Asbury University um, and kind of across the United States uh, right now. And it was a topic uh, at our leadership meeting uh, this past Tuesday, which went really well. And so what I want to take this Sunday with you is to kind of e explore a little bit about how the Lord um, speaks to us in ways that are not in the bulletin. Uh, when I was in seminary, I went to Conservative Baptist Seminary of the East, a very heavy title. Um, I had to take a variety of different courses, and one of them was on, on, on worship. Um, and one of the assignments that we had was that, uh, there's probably 18 people in my class, one of the assignments that we had is that we had to, we had to construct an order of service, and we had to do a bulletin that laid all that out. And for me, it was like, <laughs> what, a, what a novel experience. Because if you remember back in the day, um, we had a bulletin, but it didn't mean anything. We simply went about, you know, responding uh, to what the Lord was doing in our midst. And we've gotten a lot polished up since then, haven't we? But still... It took a worldwide pandemic to get rid of the bulletin, and all I can say is glory to God. So anyway, back to this class I was taking. All of us had to construct and do a bulletin, and my professor's name was David Medeiros, and he was an old guy back then. He was pushing 70, and this is in the early 90s, and uh, David's taken, like, there's 18 guys in the class, and David's taken each one of these bulletins and critiquing it. And he gets through maybe, maybe about halfway. I was so glad he didn't get to mine. <laughs> so he gets about halfway through, and he, you know, like, see an old guy, he's got jowls, you know, and glasses. Glasses and jowls. <laughs> and, um, and, he, and he takes, 
He takes both his hands. He's a big guy, if you know David Medeiros. He was the uh, church planter, founding pastor of Barrington Baptist Church. So he's a Baptist Baptist. And, um, and so he takes both his hands, puts them like this, and go, puts, puts his elbow on the table and goes, Oh, brothers, I long for the day that God does something that's not in the bulletin. And so what does that look like? Because we had something like that happen last Sunday at the 8.30 service. Something happened that, that wasn't in the program. It wasn't um, expected. Uh, Kimberly Knight, who will go nameless, <laughs> simply said with, with heart, she simply said, God is reminding me that he's Elroy, which means God sees me. God sees me. And that one moment captured, I think, the thrust of the teaching, and, and I know most of you were here last week at 10. You know that that was a big component of the teaching, that, that we can be present, right, for one another as God is present for us and sees us. And it was such a simple thing, yet it had just profound implications for the remainder of the day. And all this week, I was walking in that truth. God sees me. I'm not alone. He sees me tossing. He sees my emotions. If you want to know who the most emotional people on earth are, it's a late 60-year-old man. Sometimes they just need to be locked away somewhere. And all through the week, Elroy, he, he, he sees me. So when we look at how God speaks, he speaks in the New Testament language, he speaks prophetically to us. And that definition of how he speaks prophetically, Paul gives us that in 1 Corinthians 14.3. Paul defines that unexpected, that moment, in the moment, in the present moment, the Lord speaking, he gives it three verbs, three descriptors. He says the word comes to edify, to encourage and comfort. Edify, just like it sounds, to, to build up. Encourage, which is to empower us to take a step towards one of God's promises that we're not currently walking in. 
edify, to strengthen our hearts, encourage, to impart faith to us, to take a step into what God has promised in his word that we're not taking or we're not availing ourselves of. To edify, to encourage, and what was the third one? To comfort. The etymology root of that is the parakletos, the Holy Spirit, the one that comes alongside of us, that speaks into our heart, tender love and affection from our Father, from Jesus. All of these words, all of this prophetic activity is really summed up, I believe, in Revelation 19.10. Is that the spirit of prophecy is who? It's Jesus. It's a person. It's to encourage us, to edify us, and to comfort us in who Jesus Christ is. How he wants to redeem our life from sin and destruction. How he wants to bring his joy and his peace into, his, into our lives. How he wants to bring his healing to the brokenness of our life. The delivery of this prophetic word was consistent with who God has made us to be as a little church in Chelmsford. It was delivered in plain English. It was delivered with tenderness. It was delivered with respect. There was no, I need the platform, I need the microphone, so I can yell at you in King James language to make sure you know God's speaking to you through me. None of that. All of it was to edify, encourage, and comfort the people of God. And so as we're praying, Lord, speak to us. God wants to do that. How does he want to do that? In 1 Corinthians 12, 7, there's a word there. It's called the manifestations of the Spirit. Manifestations is a Greek word. It's phanerosis. And phanerosis means this, to shine the light on something. In other words, something's in darkness and unseen. And we shine the light on it so we can do what? So we can see it. We operate prophetically when we ask the Lord, Lord, show me what you are doing in someone else's life. Lord, like before you come to church, Lord, show me, Lord, could you give me one person that I could, what? Edify, encourage, and what? Comfort. And as you come into the assembly of God's people, God wants to do a prophetic work. God wants to encourage. God wants to edify. Uh, God wants to equip. And all he's looking for is a willing vessel, 
like you and I. Lord, would you shine the light on what you're doing so that I can participate in it. Kimberly did that for us last week. Let me parse out what she was referring to. So we have a couple slides. So she goes all the way back to Genesis 16. She calls to mind in Genesis chapter 16 a descriptor of God. It's only used once. It's used by Sarah and who was it? Sarah and Abraham are the couple and who is it? Hagar. There, you got it. You say, you forgot that. Hagar is been used. Hagar has been abused. She is a broken woman. She uses this word if we transliterate it. So all this information, by the way, is in the Blue Letter Bible. So I, I don't want to impress you. It's all in the Blue Letter Bible. You just click, click. I have two shelves in my study. A whole series on Greek, Greek interlinears, how to parse out the verbs, how to parse out all the words. Uh, the next shelf down is what? Hebrew. Very dusty. All the books. Nowadays, all you need to do is do what? Click. Where was that when I needed it? <laughs> and so if you go to the Blue Letter Bible, you'll see ale, as in that, you know, that fermented beverage, ale, roe, that's how it's pronounced in Hebrew. You say, well, Conway, how did you find that out? I read it. You can find out all this. So it's ale, roe, and in English, oh, by the way, Hebrews read from this side to that side. Al roe, we usually say it in the vernacular in English, al roy. And al roy means this, the God who sees me. Next slide. So we come to this woman, Hagar. Sarah goes to Abram. I'm barren. Take my slave. Go sleep with her. Because I want the child. Very primitive society. She's trying to, in her own strength, Sarah's trying to, in her own strength, fulfill the promises of God. Now we know the outcome of this. It's going to be Ishmael and who else? Isaac. God's going to come through on his promise. But Sarah says to Abram, go take my slave and sleep with her and guess what happens? She gets pregnant. And then Sarah abuses her, torments her to the place 
that she has to flee. What does God do in the text? Genesis 16. He, he sends an angel to comfort her, to speak to her. And when God does that, he also reveals himself to Hagar this way. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing, for she said, truly here, I have seen him who has Elroy, is the God who sees me. What are the implications for that for you and I? Is that there's nothing that we go through in life that God doesn't see us. That if you are a woman here today and you've been abandoned, God still sees you. If you're a woman here who has been sexually abused, God still sees you. If you are a man here and were sexually abused as a child by a family member, God sees you. God loves you. God wants to heal the brokenness in your heart. When we speak prophetically into each other's lives, it's for our edification, our exhortation, it, it, it is for our comfort, is that we come alongside, parakletos, just like the Holy Spirit comes alongside us. And we speak into each other's lives in a way that builds us up, encourages us, and brings God's healing deep into our heart and our life. When we pray, come Holy Spirit. When we ask God to do something that's not in the bulletin, this is what it looks like. It's about coming alongside and reminding each other of the truth of God's word. That he sees us, we're never alone. And there's always hope because God is sovereignly in control of all things. In closing this morning, let me offer you a few scriptures to think about. Some that are pretty special um, to me. The first one is in Psalm 56.8. The psalmist writes, you have kept count of my tossings. Do you know those times? I know them well. I experienced it last night. Toss right, toss left, check watch, one o'clock. Again, repeat, toss right, touch left, two o'clock. This ain't getting any better, Lord. The Lord sees that. Those tossings are when 
when my mind, maybe, <laughs> someone's going to say, yeah, you lost your mind, Conway. But in my mind, the, the focus of my mind is, is, is what happened yesterday. The focus of my mind is, oh my goodness, 8.30 and 10 are coming. <laughs> it's the past or the future. And you know, you can't do anything about either one of those places. The only place you can live is in the present. The only, the only place you can love people is in the present. The, the only way you can receive love is in the present, right now, right this moment. The, not there, nor there. And what is comforting to me is not only does the Lord see me, take a look at the next phrase, but he puts my tears, and, and it's a poetic, the Psalms are poetic, he puts my tears in his bottle. Why? Because they're precious to him. Because he's going to work through those. He puts my tears in the bottle because he doesn't forget my, my, my tussles and turning. He sees me. He knows me. He comforts me. Proverbs 15.3 The eyes of the Lord are in every place keeping watch on the evil and the good. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. David writes, where can I flee from your spirit? I ascend the heights or the depths. You're there. When we step into that truth, that's the place of healing from the brokenness and the evil that came and wrecked us. Is that God like Hagar, said, oh, Lord, you truly see me. You know the dilemma I'm in. You know my brokenness. You know how Sarah has, has used me. Finally, one last scripture verse, and then we'll share the Lord's table. Out of John 10, 27 through 20. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. If you're following along with me, tracking with me, they will never perish. Say it with me. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one will snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Know this one truth. Nothing shall remove you from the love of God that we found in Jesus Christ. But by his blood atoned our sin, justified 
because of his work on the cross, we stand secure in him because of his doing, his work. Why? Because he sees us and he calls us by name. What does a prophetic word look like? It edifies. It exhorts. It comforts. And it does it like the Holy Spirit does. It comes alongside of us and speaks tenderly into our heart. And it's not about being on a platform with a microphone speaking King James language and yelling at people. It's about the Word of God like happened last Sunday. The Word of God spoken. Power. El Roy. The God who sees me. Amen? Let's prepare our hearts uh, to receive the Lord's table this morning. If you didn't get a communion setting, there's some on the last row there. But Ben's going to come and give us a moment to prepare our hearts to celebrate the Lord's table this morning.